The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Two Point Conversation Football Talk for Fans by Fans right here on the network at BICBP-radio.com. My name is Matt Johnson, one of your hosts and alongside with me for your NFL history episodes, the one, the only Mr. Andrew Lenz. Andrew, how the heck are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, It's a that time of the holiday season just finished up christmas shopping so all done just oh you you finished up that's good done i still gotta start the wife takes we go shop or we pick up stuff throughout the year and then my wife takes two days off of work and we finish everything up at that point that's clever that's smart i backed myself into a corner this year all right, my wife is is helping out with a lot of the extra family stuff. She's given me a few suggestions that I bought, of course. But, man, I got my indie trip next weekend, and I got Christmas shopping to do. I got bills to pay. It's it's the most wonderful time of the year. And I'm, I'm totally smiling right now. I know the listeners can't see us, but I'm totally smiling right now. Um. We are continuing on with the uh, with our with our just a fun theme for the month. Last week, uh, we discussed the Nerf football, which was a, a ton of fun to kind of learn about, and um, you know get the gist of. This week, we want to talk the, the toys, right? The uh, the wonderful world of, of NFL toys. We all know that toys is a huge, huge business for any really media property, right? Andrew, you, you grew up in the 80s. You you lived through G.I. Joe, Transformers, He-Man, um, and, and you know, so much more. Uh, yeah, a, a lot. You there was a, that, that was real Ghostbusters. That was legit the identity of the 80s. You make a cartoon, you get an entertainment property, you create a cartoon, and you sell, you sell toys. Um, but for the NFL, um, uh, selling toys has not really been – it's gotten better. It's definitely done a lot better of it, but it hasn't always been. It's never been like a prime thing for. It's one of those unique properties where it's never really had to have toys, right? To, and in all honesty, you really can't. It's hard to call these things toys. On um, what we're going to be talking about today, but, um, but you know, I mean, if if they figured out ways to kind of really delve into that 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 toy market, oh my god, it, like. Outside again, outside of what they currently have, which is which is kind of limited, if you ask me. Uh, the NFL, man, they can make some serious loot uh, if they took a serious uh, if, it's, if they took a serious look at at making you know playable with toys. But um, but yeah, so the listeners today, we're going to talk about the uh, starting lineups and the McFarlane Sports uh, Sports. I think they're called. Things. Sports picks sports picks yes that's what they're called um you know two things that were really really cool 
um, when they came out. Uh, of course, one of them is still going on to this day. Uh, but again, never really action figurey where there's a whole lot you could do with them. So um, that's what we want to talk about today. Andrew, first and foremost, your experience with uh, with either the the starting, well, both or either one or the other. Well, I'm just going to rip the Band-Aid off for the McFarlane's. I never collected one. I think I maybe owned two. Actually, I didn't. I didn't like them too much, but I did own two of them. I liked the Randy Moss. I had the Randy Moss, and I had a Terrell Owens. Okay, that's when I had disposable income to just buy the stuff. If I was to buy one now, I I I don't think I would, I, because I'm a I'm a starting lineup purist in a way. I grew up with these things. Uh, I stood in lines outside of Hills to get a number just so I could pick certain ones. My brother worked at Toys R Us. He would scour the cases to try and get the best ones. So starting lineups were where it was at. 1988, I was, what, eight years old? I was negative three. No, I was. You were born in 83. I was born in 82. I knew that. So I'm probably like six, seven years old or so around that time. And these were the best. Nothing was ever like them. You got a cool NFL player with a pose, of course, ripped them open as a kid. And then you get the helmet and you get the card with it. It was nothing was better. I don't think there was anything better. And then as I got older and the GI Joes and all that stuff starts, you know, kind of going by the wayside when I'm getting older and I'm getting more, more and more into sports. There, there was nothing better than, like I said, going to Toys R Us, going to your local card shop and finding these ones that are just out there and you know, what poses did you want? I remember when they came out with the Willie Rolf and offensive lineman, it was like, wow, it was, he was just down in a blocking position, but it was still so cool to have that the way each pose was the way that they designed them was awesome. Right. I, I love starting lineups. I can't, I, I can't say it enough. Starting lineups are probably if you're preteen to teenage or just hardcore collecting, they're they're the best from everything. They were pretty neat. I mean, I it's crazy to look at the level of detail difference between these two things, right? And obviously, they're 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 completely different products, of course. But man, it's like looking like you consider the timeline, right? In the early '80s or late '80s, early '90s. It's like looking at a Sega Genesis compared to a, a PlayStation Five graphic wise, um, with, with how with, with the level of detail that goes into both of these. So, um, so I always found that particularly interesting. Um, as far as myself goes, I didn't really. I knew of the starting line, but I think I had more more. It was more so on the baseball side of things. Like I think I had a Mark McGuire one growing up because I was a huge Mark McGuire fan. Um, but as far as NFL goes, I don't think I got too far into them. Um, I might've had a one or two here and there, but I, I don't remember getting too far into them. Uh, I more so in the, in the McFarlane's that's, that's what I got. I remember the first one I got was a Peyton Manning one. And I kept it in the box for, um, package for years and years and years. And it's out and about right now. I opened up at my previous studio 
Uh, when we were moving out of there, I think something, some of them got damaged. I had that one and Andrew Luck, Johnny Unitas, um, Marshall Falk, Edgerin James, like just a lot of just big time names, um, which was, you know, it was pretty cool back then. But, uh, but as I got older, the starting lineups, I started to see those pop up at a lot of resale places and really cheap still. That, that's what surprised me the most. I would go to, um, you know, I would go to a uh, like a used bookstore. There's a used bookstore at the Boulevard Mall, or at least there was uh, used books and toys. That's what they did. And um, and it was like for five dollars. I found like a Kerry Collins one for five bucks. And, and Kerry Collins is my first favorite NFL player. I'm like, this is crazy how this worked out. Uh, I found an Edger and James one for $4. Uh, there's a church next to our current studio um, that has a whole box full of them. Whole box. I found a Deion Sanders for, for four twenty five. Like, it, it's crazy. It, it's it's crazy just how mad, like, those are, it's, it's, it's wild to me that those still in the package are cheaper than the McFarlane's. So that I think that as I've gotten older and uh, not wanting to still wanting to buy that sort of stuff, but not wanting to invest a whole lot of money, the starting lineups have definitely are uh, a lot more economically friendly. But um, but man, it, the level of detail in the McFarlane's was just so cool. When I was doing my photography heavy, I, I would just love to just get some lights on these things, get close ups and and the detail. Like if you hit the light, light like lighting the right way, they looked real. They looked so real. And that's that's what I think I loved about about those the most. I think it's definitely a generational thing, and what you wanna, you know, is definitely what you what you go with. Yeah. As well, it's like uh, it's like wrestling figures. You know, I grew up LJNs. Those were what I, oh, yeah. what I had. That is what I had the dog toys i didn't really by the time the hasbros came out it wasn't a big thing for me to have to have them i never even had a hasbro but then all of a sudden you guys get into what mattel has today and then jack specific where computers come into play right it's no longer hand sculpting and i think that's where the Mc, the mcfarland's just could blow out starting lineup as well yeah i think too like when I was younger, when you're, when you're younger, you're looking for like just, you know, toys with moving parts, toys you can interact with mm-hmm. um, superhero. Like, you know, I grew up on superhero toys, right? That was a big thing. Me and my dad did. We, we did the giant toy wars with Marvel and DC superheroes. So when you go, when you're a kid and you go and see these starting lineup figures and you see that like one foot is on this little thing of this little plastic piece of uh, grass and like their arms don't move. They're not very, um, they're not very posable. There, there's not a whole lot of articulation that comes to these. That was a bit of disappointment. So when you're older and you're kind of looking for those more stationary toys, you're not really looking for a toy, something to play with. That's I think where the McFarlane, um, why the McFarlane did, did as well as it did. And man, they got a good market for it. it, it those things are, they're not cheap. They're not cheap. They're, uh, but again, the, the level of work that goes into them are, is really really incredible really incredible i i do i appreciate them i just just starting lineups i just want that right you grew up with it that, that's that was your that was your upbringing thing. i want that cool starting lineup feel back 
could remove the helmet, even though you probably lost it, or the face mask would break in about two seconds. And it's just, it was just such a cool thing. Plus two when uh, you might want to get an inflation calculator. When the starting lineups came out in 88, they were only, uh, or they, 399. Uh, let's see. Where's my good old UN, U.S. inflation calculator? Yeah, they were only 399, and you got one figure. You said 1988? 1988. That was a good year. It was? Yeah, I wasn't alive, so it was really good. 399 Yep. That amounts to about $9.33. So it's about what an action figure costs today. That's Which simple. is, cr- again, crazy that those box starting lineups are still they're cheaper than what those are inflated. But, yeah, you are right. That's about the price of an action figure nowadays. Um, you really, It's hard to find a quality action figure less than $10. So, yeah. yeah. Three ninety nine, interesting. Um, well, here you can go back to hills. Yeah, oh, I miss that. I miss that place. I miss that place. Um, since you grew up with it, why don't you take us through the history of uh, of the starting lineup action figure, and I'll just kind of follow you as uh, as you go along. All right. So starting lineups were actually created just like the Nerf football by an NFL player a punter, and he was also part-time receiver, uh, Pat, Pat McNally. He played for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Harvard graduate actually owns still, I believe to this day, a perfect score on the Wonderlick. That's pretty cool. So he's a smart dude. Oh, yeah. But he also had a love for toys. Uh, they tell a story about how he had... Uh, like this duck that you push and it had rubber feet on it and he wanted to annoy Forrest Gregg. And if you ever known who Forrest Gregg is, uh, he is known as, as what Vince Lombardi calls him the greatest player he ever coached because he just did everything right. So this is a no nonsense guy. So they stole it from him and he was upset by his toys. And like I said, he played for the Bengals 75 to 85 and in 86, he's retiring, and he comes across while selling his condo. He's selling it to the VP of Kenner, the VP of Kenner Toys and Marketing. And he's like, hey, you got any toy ideas? Because he also wrote a children's article in the paper, kind of like a Dear Abby, like, hey, how do I get my mom to buy me a Nintendo? Right. And he'd write back the kids. So they asked him, they said, you got, you got any toy ideas? And he came up with one where football players were dinosaurs. And they're like, no, nah, that's not good. And then he comes across as inspiration, Bazooka from GI Joe. And I don't know if you've ever seen Bazooka from GI Joe. I believe I have. Yes. But the, the lore around it is that he is wearing a new England Patriots Jersey of Steve Grogan. So he's looking at this and he looks at the back and he sees a bio card and it says, Hey, this is code name bazooka. This is his real name and tells everything about him. If you've ever seen the back of GI Joe and he's like, wait a minute. I wonder if we did this with athletes. 
take Walter Payton or somebody. You don't have to read about Walter Payton. You, everybody already knows who Walter Payton is. So he goes to Kenner, and this was his pitch. And he said, well, let's do, you know, football figures. And they're like, oh, yeah, okay, we like it. But you got to get the, you got to be able to secure the license from the NFL. And this is, they came out in 88, but this is around 1987, the player strike. So they weren't, Mm -hmm. they weren't sure that everybody was going to be on board. So he had seven days to secure the license. And then they also sent him along with a a check for a hundred thousand dollars to kind of, and they said, here's a check for a hundred thousand dollars, but you cannot sell your idea to anybody else. Just it, it, it's ours, but you have seven days to secure this. So that's pretty good just to not sell your idea. Seven days. That's, I mean, yeah, no, that's pretty cool though. That's, yeah, that's pretty cool. And a hundred thousand dollar check. So he is able to secure the license and everything else. And so in 1988, they go into, they go into distribution. But the thing was, is what got them, what got them big and hot was that they localized the distribution. So in 1988, if you're looking for a Mark Gastineau and you live on the West Coast, and Mark Gastineau played for the Jets, there's a good chance you're not going to find him. It's, that's clever. Unless you go to the West Coast. So they were getting kind of big. And then 91 kind of is purchased by Hasbro, like everything else in this world. <laughs> but they get into starting lineup conventions and they had Kenner clubs and everything else. But what was kind of the downfall of starting lineup where it wasn't as hot anymore was in 97, 98. You have the internet and then you have these online auction sites like eBay. Right. So now you can go to eBay, you can find whatever you want. So that Mark Gastineau you're looking for, it's easy to find. All these become very, very easy to find. Like I said, I remember standing outside of Hills waiting for a number to get a certain one. Just to be, oh no, you got two once you got your number. So they cooled down. And then also, like you mentioned, they, the, the sculpting was a little off. It didn't look cool. No, I guess it was very simplistic. It yes. was like, uh, it was it was super simple. Not a whole lot of definition in the face. I mean, I would dare say even some of the players didn't look like themselves. Yeah, well, I'll get into that one. <laughs> but that's that's pretty much the history of it. It was just by a chance of counter encounter of selling a condo, and met the right person, pitched the right idea, and. It's funny that Hasbro brought it, bought it because they're the ones that made GI Joe. And just off of that, it's kind of almost like if you watch the toys that made us pretty much the history of wrestling figures, it's looking for something new, something fresh and wrestling figures. Once again, are superheroes when you're growing up and same thing with NFL players, I think, or any players they're, they're, they're superheroes. Right. So why, why would you not want to own something 
that's a piece of that. And that's where they get into it, and that's where they went on. And then by the year 2000, they're kind of just, they're just pretty much done going through, but to last as long as they did, it's pretty impressive. Oh man. I just found the initial release, like pictures of the of lineups. Uh, uh, yeah, you can go year by year. I'm about to send it to you right now. I just found the the very first edition, the the, the 1988 series. Man, it is a lot of nostalgia. A lot of nostalgia looking at it. I kind of want to read everybody, but we didn't say this yet. But there were yeah, 137, or maybe you did. I apologize if you did. No, I didn't. There um, 137, 137. Yeah. They just blew out and just. They blew, they 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 put out a lot um, right out of the bat. Wow, look at these! Oh, it just screams eighties, and I love it. A lot of good names on here. Some I don't. I think I've only seen one where I don't I don't remember the person or I've never heard of them. I'm gonna run through this. I think I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try and uh, speed speed through this. Okay. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try this out. All right, bear with me. Al Toon, Albert Bentley, Alonzo Highsmith, Andre Tippett, Anthony Carter, Anthony Tony, Art Monk, Andre Bruce, Bernie. Co- That's a cool one. Bernie Kosar, Bill Brooks, Bill Kenny, Billy Ray Smith, Bob Golick, uh, Bobby he- Hebert, Abert, Abert, Abert. I remember. Don't shame me. Boomer Esiason, Brett Fullwood, Brian Bosworth. That's a cool. I like the silver pants on that one. The shiny pants. You see that? Yeah, I had that one. You had that one. Okay. I'm a Boz fan. I know you are, but I just, I like the shiny pants. Jeez. Don't got to get hot about it. Boz starting lineups. You don't got to get mad. I am going to get mad. (laughs) Brian Brennan, Bruce Smith, Carl Eckern. Carlos Carson, oh, that's a name, Charles White, Chip Banks, Chris Burkett, Christian Okoye, Chuck Long, Cornelius Bennett, Chris Collinsworth, everybody's favorite announcer. Now here's, <laughs> now here's a toy. Um, Kurt Warner, the original Kurt Warner, Dan Marino, Danny, oh, Danny White. That's a cool one. I, I can't see it, but that'd be a cool one to have. Daryl Green, Darren Nelson, Dave Krieg, Dave Waymer, uh, Daron Cherry. Dexter Manley, Doug Cosby, Doug Williams, Drew Hill, Dwayne Bickett, Ernest Jackson, Ed Jr., Ed Tutal Jones. I love the pose in that figure. That is cool. Both arms raised up. Oh, Ed Tutal. Yeah, I like that. Uh, let's see. Eddie Brown, Eric Dickerson, Eric Martin, Floyd Dixon, Freeman McNeil, Gary Clark, Gerald Carter. Ooh, and the old creamsicle bucks. I am moist. Gerald Riggs, Harry Carson, Henry Ellard, Herschel Walker, Howie Long, Jack Trudeau, Jacob Green, James Brooks, James Jones, James Wilder, Jay Schrader, Jeff Chadwick, Jeff Davis, Jerry Gray, Jerry Rice, Jim Everett, I mean, Chris Everett, uh, Jim Kelly, Jim McMahon. That's like cool. McMahon. What's the headband is a nice touch. It's a He's nice touch. Headband. headband right up there. You have to. It's just, it's a staple. That's just, that's like Jim Ross in the cowboy hat. Got to have it. 
Um, Joe Montana, Joe Morris, Joey Browner, John Elway, John Offerdahl, JT Smith, Carl Mecklenburg, Keith Byers, Kellen Winslow, Ken Davis, Ken O'Brien, Kevin Mack, Lawrence Taylor. He's same pose as Ed Tuttle Jones. That's pretty cool, though, still. Lewis Lips, Mark Wilson, Marcus Allen, Mark Pavaro, Mark Clayton, Mark Duper, Mark Gastineau, Mark Lee, Mark Malone, Michael Carter, Mickey Schuler, Mike Merriweather, Mike Quick, Mike Rozier, Mike Singletary, Neil Anderson, Neil Lomax, Ozzie Newsom, Phil Sims, Philip Epps, Randall Cunningham, Randy White, Randy Wright, Ray Childress, Reggie Rogers, Reggie White, Richard Dent, Ricky Jackson, Rod Jones, Rod Woodson, Roger Craig, Ronnie Harmon, Ronnie Lippett, Ronnie Lott, Roy Green, Ruben Mays, Rulon Jones, Sammy Winder, Scott Campbell, Stanley Morgan, Steve Grogan, Steve Jordan, Stump Mitchell, Tim. Okay. All right. The, the pose is not looking this cool. Tim Crummery. They just every, it seems like every like 13 of them, they just have their arms raised. I don't know how I feel about this anymore. Todd Blackledge, Todd Christensen, Tommy Kramer, Tony, God, dead it. Tony Casillas, Tony Dorsett, Tony Eason, uh, Troy Stratford, Vance Johnson, Vinny Testaverde. That is something that I want in that cream skull jersey. Warren Moon, I like that one. And then Willie Galtz. I probably didn't just read off 137 names, but um, I just read off a ton. That's the 1988 series. Now, the 19, no, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to read through each and every single one of them, but that was the initial lineup. Um, you know, some of the bigger names of that, that, that original 1988, uh, lineup, which is, uh, which is pretty cool to see where, you know, it came from. Um, I think I read somewhere that they only did, that they only did four per team. They try to do four per team. Yeah. There was some like baseball and stuff where they say the Mets had seven. Right. And I seen uh, for when it came to the hockey ones, they were a little, they didn't know how they would do in America. So, or in Canada. So I think they limited some of the Canadian team ones for the hockey, but from what I understood and what I read that, yeah, they only try to get like four piece for, uh, they try to get four per team. That which was, is, that was a big thing here was when the hockey came out, the goalies I remember were big because they were like, like everybody wanted them because they were goalies. And then also uh, if you could find it, the Canadian versions of them, cause you would always go, Oh, which one do you have? Do you have the American or the Canadian? And obviously you could tell the difference because the Canadian ones had French on them as well as English. Right. Uh, were you, because they stood the two packs were cool too. As they started getting bigger the two packs i remember getting a merino and a greasy my dad had a farve and a bart star and they both came in two packs and those were was it um no it wasn't the classic doubles what were they called but those were cool and 91 the i had a couple doubles i had a couple doubles i had a john elway college and pro one yeah. That was pretty neat. They did the college and pro versions. I think it was an Elway. No, it was Elway or Aikman. I auctioned them off uh, like two years ago, but yeah. Yeah, the 
classic doubles. There was Aikman and Stallback, Favre and Starr, Tim Brown and Bolitnikoff, Reno and Greasy, Dwight Clark, Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, Joe Montana, Barry Sanders, Walter Payton, and Emmett Smith and Tony Dorsett. Okay. I think, oh, I have a Marie, I had a Marino and Elway one. I had a Marino and Elway one. That was a, that was a together one. That was pretty cool. But yeah, but that's how they like reinvented themselves. So it's actually like all those names I read off that was, that ended up becoming a big issue for, for this, for this toy line. And we'll talk about that in just a moment, but, but that's some of the, that's some of the ways that they try to like, you know, get people buying stuff again. So they do these multiple, these two packs, or these generational packs. They go back to the legends. Um, I have a Johnny United starting lineup, you know, um, and obviously Johnny United did not play. Uh, he, he, I think he retired like 16 years before the starting lineups came out, something like that. Um, so they started going, yeah, they started going back into the legends. They started just finding stuff, but uh, it was a case. So what happened with the starting lineups is it was a case of, they got too big too quick. Right? Would you agree? Yeah, like I said, it was it, it was flooding the market. It was it was sports cards all over again, or even comic books in the eighties, in the early nineties. The internet made it easier to get it. And then like you said, they just didn't look as cool anymore as what they as what they were right and another issue here that they face is that um you know you can it's not like sports cards where you can release you know a card every single year right you know so so john elway played in the nfl from 83 to 1999 and in that span you know there was what 12 year no probably 11 years john elway, you can't just keep making the same john elway figure Right. You, you just can't. You can slap a new jersey on it, maybe make a new pose, but a new pose isn't going to sell. New jerseys probably would uh, like a change in the jersey style. Like if you go from away to like a home, you know, um, Marino's another one. Marino, Marino they, the whole, you know, his whole career, uh, the back, you know, later part of 88 to, to, to 99 was was all how many Dan Marino figures are going to re-release? It, it became like that where there's no variety. So the, dif- the difference between like this and, you know, like pro wrestling, right? Pro, pro wrestlers, they change their attire and they're very, very poseable. And people will buy multiple versions of that or they throw a belt or some kind of special ring attire with it. There's ways to dial that up. With these starting lineups, there wasn't a whole lot of ways to, there wasn't a whole lot of ways to add variety to these things, at least toy making at that time, especially for what they were trying to do was not that complex yet. It was very, very simple. They did one where it was like, I had to have it uh, with the quarterbacks as they put them in, look like training camp uniforms where it was like shorts, the half shirts, yeah, yeah. half shirts. And then they started adding a pole. There's a TD where it looks like he's jumping, you know, they add in the little pole. Here's one you might want is a nice Archie and a Peyton. That's pretty cool. Actually. And there's also a Vince Lombardi one. Vince Lombardi one. Yeah. How much is that? You, yeah, are, you, blah, are you looking at like some, some kind of like website? How much is that Peyton and Archie one for? At, I'm looking at just what you. What oh, you, what I sent you? you sent okay. Yeah. So I was kind of just browsing through and seeing what, seeing what they had. 
I gotcha. Uh, it's not really showing what they're selling it for on eBay. I'm pretty sure, if, depending on the rarity of it, you can find it pretty find it pretty cheap. I think I bought a Bo Jackson one a couple of years ago for ten bucks. Okay. I have a I have a Griffey rookie that sits on top of my DVD stand that my friend Dave gave me. And I, I don't know what it's worth, but it's his rookie lineup. And he was like, here, why don't you just take this? I have three. And I'm like, do you want anything for this? He's like, no, I, got, I have three. Just take it. And he actually still collects lineups to this day. Really? Like hardcore, a um, little bit more baseball than football and than anything else. But he still collects lineups to this day. And he's got a young son, and he says sometimes his son is like looking at him, like, "Ooh, I'd like to tear into these." And he's like, "No, no, no, no." But yeah, I, I mean, it, you could find some dirt cheap, some not so much. There's errors, there's variants, there's things of that nature. Oh, I just found another website. Okay, I think you'll appreciate this. Here are the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven rarest and most valuable um, starting lineup football figures quoted in Tough Stuff magazine. All right. That's got to be old. Yeah, this Tough Stuff is a whole. Oh, my goodness. Tough Stuff. I love Tough Stuff. That's how we used to look. So I think. Wait, what's that? That's how we used to look up and how oh. much these were worth. Tough stuff was like a pricing guide, but it okay. went from everything, everything sports collectible. Well, here, here are what they were quoted in Tough Stuff magazine. It could be more, it could be less. Um, 1988, they're all from the 88. There's no, excuse me, 88, 89. So 1988, Steve Jordan, $360. 1988, Kellen Winslow, $375. 1988, Daryl Green, $375 value. 88 Rod Woodson, $400. 89 Bill Frolic, $425. 89 Bill Bates, $425. And a 1988 Mark Wilson, $425. Those are some of the rarest ones. Um, yeah. Let's see. What else can I find? The 88s were the hard, are the hardest to find in the package because at that point, nobody quite knew what they were. Oh, wow. I said, like, when I got mine, you just open them up and you're like, oh, boy, I can play now. Dude, I wish I would have found the site before we started recording. I'm about to say this now. This has a big list. There's a lot of, like, stats and stuff, which is pretty interesting. Oh, yeah, they break down every single one of them by team. That's a lot. God dang. Um, yeah, they each one of them listed. There's a lot of like notes and stuff at the top of this page. Actionfigureresource.com has it. And yeah, they have all the different specialty ones, the football one-on-ones, headliner series, classic doubles. If you Uh, scroll down at the bottom of the one that you just sent me to before, that's where I'm finding a lot of the other stuff. Okay. I did see that too, but yeah, like Heisman winners they had. Um, yeah, they did a whole Heisman winner series, Marcus Allen, Earl Campbell, John Capaletti, um, gridiron greats. They did a series of, 
the big ones. Yeah. Um, 1999 Heroes of the Gridiron. Hall of Fame Legends. Uh, and a 2000 Elite Series. They have the tw- a 12 inch series. Man. I always like the Headliner series where you get the lineup and then you get like a little news article on a stand. And it's like, this is what they did. Right. Yeah. This is neat. They also did a, a Pat McNally did his own. They had, they did a figure of him. Yeah. It was a, it. yeah. Kenner Con- convention exclusive. That was the huge thing. Cause they did. I don't see where they have the Kenner Kenner club exclusives on here. Hmm. I was the kind of club kid. This is pretty neat, though. But yes, I mean, that's uh, they eventually fizzled out. Like I said, they they just I wouldn't say that new stars weren't being created. But again, they 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 released a lot at the at the beginning. And, and see, McFarlane started and we're going to talk about McFarlane's in just a moment here. But they started in 2001. Were they born out of? Were they born out of um, starting lineups, or did did McFarlane just kind of make those obsolete? I think they they were born because the licensing and everything else. Okay, um, because he was having a hard time getting. He started with baseball originally, and um, this is pretty much what I could find is that in two thousand he released baseball. But the problem was, is it'd be like Barry Bonds, but it wouldn't have the major league logo of the San Francisco Giants. So mm. it would just have some other, you know, probably a McFarlane logo on it. But it would I have see. the Giants colors because he had the player's license, but he didn't have the NFL license or the, I'm sorry, major league baseball license. So once he got them, and I think that was one of the things, like I said, with computers is you can do a lot more with computers than you can do with hand sculpting. For sure. And the, probably the starting lineup generation was getting getting older, too, in a way. And you want a little bit more detail. So you got to get into that stage. Um, your generation. Not to not to like bag or anything, but your toys were all pretty much computer generated. Look at all those jacks that jacks wrestlers, guys, those are scans. You just scan a guy, right? It wasn't like the old LGN rubber molds or stuff like that. Right. Yeah. So I think that was a, a thing of something newer, something fresher. And how can we get these guys looking, looking more like an athlete than just I mean, you saw it, same pose 90 times of Lawrence Taylor and Ed Tutel Jones, and all we're going to do is do a paint swap and do and put on a head. Right. Paint swap the thing, put on a head. It's like Nintendo. Look at a lot of Nintendo, a lot of the the bosses and stuff like that are just palette swaps. Right, 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 right. So it's what was ever cheaper, but now it's cheaper to just scan a guy we're just going to have them make it this way. I'm pretty sure some of McFarland is a little bit of hand sculpted, but, and they do look absolutely amazing the way that they put the dirt and everything on there. 
So I think it was just an outcry of what what the people wanted. Right. I mean, if if you do look at like the figures from 88 to, to 2001, those those starting lineups, there is not a whole lot of difference in detail. It never it never changed with the time, so to speak. It never changed with the times. I think that probably was part of the reason why it got did in. But um, but I guess we could move on to the Mark Farlanes now, unless there's anything you wanted to add or uh, add to the that part. You're all good. I'm all good. OK, so the actual McFarlane company uh, started off in in 1994 in Temp, Arizona, um, by the great Todd McFarlane, who is a huge name in the uh, in the world of, of comic books, pop culture. Um, I believe he did. He designed a couple. I think he's a I think. Well, he, he created Spawn. That's basically what it was. He wanted he created Spawn figures. And I remember these things and they were so cool i remember my my dad got one for christmas when i was like four or five years old and i was just like amazed i was absolutely amazed by the level of detail that that was in these things um but yeah so that's how that all started but in 2001 they started doing the sports figures they went looked into um not just the the national football league but they did basketball they did hockey um, they did baseball. They did a really good job of, of kind of really putting these stock car racing was a big one. And, um, and it has all the, it has official licensing for all those sports. So I don't think a lot of people have really tried to venture out and do too much along the, those lines, but yeah, since 2001 McFarland sports picks, that's kind of what they were known as. And, um, you know, I haven't gotten, there's not too many details about, what you know what really started with it uh but basically the details of this if you've never clicked the mcfarland before each series has about six or seven nfl figures of you know favorite players um you know with their official logos and stuff so that's obviously a huge plus they do a really good job with the poses there's a you know um the footballs are sometimes little remove i think they're removable no helmets are the helmets are you can take them on and off um, and for some, for some of them, for some of them, um, but they had a variety of different things, much like the, the starting lineups, they had their base series, which is the one that, you know, always come out and they throw out the legends, the collector's editions, and the NFL playmakers, which were actually the closest thing to actual action figures. These were fully articulated. Um, you can move their arm, twist their arms, bend their elbows, all that stuff. They legit look like you could. You could have Spider-Man and Joe Flacco fight each other. And who wouldn't want that kind of, you know, toy battle? That's the kind of stuff that I'm looking to. If I'm well, playing toys, that's that's what I want. They're both elite. They they are. You're damn right they are. Put some respect on them. Both elite. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, the, again, there's not a whole lot of details because McFarlane's been around so long. It wasn't created in this, you know, McFarlane wasn't created in in hopes of making NFL action fit, you know, these these sports picks. Um, it had been around for quite some time, making very high level detailed toys. Um, yeah, like I, again, I said, I grew up on those Spawn figures, and oh my god, the detail was crazy. I was afraid to touch them because I thought I'd break them. That's just who I was. Um, but uh, but yeah, they they done a good job with it since 2001. I actually had the very first series listed right here 
um, as to who came out for it. A lot of Kurt Warner, let's just say that. Uh, so August 2001 was the, the, the drop of the very first uh, NFL series for McFarlane. You had an Eddie George in the blue jersey with no helmet. You had Edron James in the Colts blue jersey. Then you had Edron James in the white jersey with a dirty uniform and no helmet. Randy Moss of the Minnesota Vikings white jersey. You had Warren Sapp in a, in a Tampa Bay Buccaneers white jersey. Emmett Smith in the Dallas Cowboys without grass stains. And then three Kurt Warner figures. He had one with uh, no helmet, one with a dirty jersey, and one with a clean blue jersey. So Kurt Warner was all the rage back then, too. August 2001, that is... What, second MVP season? They're about to go to their second Super Bowl. August 2001, that's, that's, that's before that season. Right, he's coming back from injury. They had one big... In, they won in 99. He got hurt in 2000. And... Uh, 2001, right, is is when they 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 come back. They're 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 fully strong. And this is the year that they fall to Brady. But Kurt Warner's all the rage. All these players are just big time ones. I was actually surprised by the lack of quarterbacks. And I get it. You know, you, you did release three Kurt Warner figures. What do you expect? But um, but yeah. Well, they waited a couple months. Uh, a couple months later, they they released. Oh God, their next quarterback was. They had a multiple, like October 2001, it was their Series 2. Mark Brunel was the featured quarterback in that series. Ah. Put some respect on Mark Brunel. Come on. 2002, they did a little bit, uh, much better job of uh, of quarterbacks. They did a whole quarterback series, pretty much. A couple of Brett Favre, Peyton Manning, Donovan McNabb, uh, and a Michael Vick. And then 2002 was the year of Brady. Jeff Garcia, you know, those pieces. But, you know, so there's a lot of people out there who, oh, cool. I kind of want to find this one. Oh, three, they got a Drew Bledsoe. That's pretty neat. And a Rich Gannon and a Joey Harrington. Yeah, they got a Drew Bledsoe Bills one. Out there in the world. Drew Bledsoe from Walla Walla, Washington. (laughs) But um, so... This is what McFarlane did very well, and that's why they're still in business to this day. Like they're still producing a lot of their stuff. They do it through like the Madden, like uh, like a Madden will come out and they'll have like, oh, here's Dak, a Dak Prescott or an Aaron Rodgers figure. You see them all the time at um, at like Walmart in the in the video game section. It's where you can find their newest releases. But um, but McFarlane took their time. They they focused on six you know big time players per release and they did it instead of releasing everything of everybody and it's no fault the starting lineup they thought you know this guy this carl mcnilly it was his first you know shot into voyage into making toys and he released a lot of big stars early where mcfarlane they took again they paced themselves i mean you think back to 2001 some of these big time names that are you know that are out there right peyton manning is is a big time quarterback he doesn't have a he doesn't have a, a McFarlane in 2001. Um, Brett Favre is a huge name. It, there's there's so many pieces. There, there's so many pieces. Even I, I get it. I think Troy Aikman retired in 01. And I'm there. Around there. And he doesn't have. And he's a legend at that point. Um, you know, so they paced themselves. They, they, they took their time and they paced themselves. And big time stars. And 
Yeah, they had. I mean, I remember going seeing these things at Toys R Us, KB Toys, uh, Media Play had a bunch of them. So uh, McFarlane's were like, they were good. I mean, they were really, really cool. And like I said, I have a few still from this day. I think I have that Edron James one, the, the the first edition one. That's I bought that for like 16 bucks at a resale, resale store at the Eastern Hills Mall in Lockport, New York. So. I do want to find a Philip Rivers one. I do want to find a Philip Rivers one. I really do. It's just got to be any Philip Rivers, or Felix. it's got. I mean, it's got to be a, obviously a McFarlane, but yeah. I'm de- well. I'm saying like, oh yeah, because he was only with the Chargers forever. Because I don't think I don't think they did a Colts one for him. I would. I wouldn't imagine they did a Colts one for him. But yeah, he was never like Philip Rivers was never one of those big stars. So I doubt that they. I don't even know if they might have one version of him. It's just so. I, I do like the fact that they only released what they had and who was big instead of just releasing everybody. Like you mentioned, Bill Bates, Bill Bates was a special teams player for the Cowboys. Right. I don't, I don't think Steve Tasker ever got a starting lineup, but (laughs) he might've, but the one thing starting lineup, like, like you said, they did try and do different things. I remember my favorite starting lineup of all time is not even a football one. It's, it's a Ken Griffey and it's got him standing there with a bat and he's got his, he's got his hat backwards. So, I mean, and that was like the hot thing because he had his hat backwards, but. Right. And there's different price points for, for that stuff. Like, yeah. Yeah, man. A lot of, a lot of toys, a lot of toys, a lot of toys to go around. Um, but but that was that that was that was their idea of you know variety, is the hats, the helmets, the the different colored jerseys, all that stuff, and um, eventually you know it's it's bound to fail. But um, but yeah, I mean I think that's our 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 toy episode in a nutshell. You got some notes or stuff that you want to add to yeah, this? Yeah, I got some stuff. So you mentioned uh, Dave Craig in the nineteen eighty eight. Uh, series there for starting lineups. Well, if you look closely at that Dave Craig, his head is not Dave Craig, but it is Dan Fouts, who was supposed to come out that year in the Chargers uh, selection, but he decided to retire in 87. And in order, in the beginning, in order to have your starting lineup, is that you had to be an active player. So Dan Fouts. Dan Fouts wasn't an active player at this point. So how do you, you know, get rid of your supply of Dan Fouts sculpted heads? Well, <laughs> you just pop it on to Dave Craig and hope nobody really notices. Cause I've never seen Dave Craig play with a beard in my life, but <laughs> Hey, how do you think Dave Craig felt about that? Oh, he was probably pissed. I got to Google it now. And he uh, definitely, yeah, if you look at it, he's got the straight beard. It looks so much like Dan Fouts. And then when you look at the card on the side, it's Dave Craig with a, with a helmet on. So it's like we're trying to cover it up, but you could tell the man does not have a beard. <laughs> and also in 2014, 
the starting lineup name. Hasbro let it lapse. Yeah. Oh my god, this is crazy. I'm sorry. I just I just seen this. They have a double pack. It's or no, it's a somebody's selling loose ones. It's Krieg and Kurt Warner for eighty five dollars. And I'm guessing it's the beard plays into it. Sweet Jesus. And so as I was saying, the starting lineups and brand name lapsed. And in 2014, Legacy One bought it, and they do stadium releases for certain sporting events. So you can, there is a Jameis Winston starting lineup out there. Oh, really? Yeah, from 2016. That's pretty cool, actually. There's, there's, there's a Jack Eichel I saw on there as well. So there's some. I wish they come back full time. But it, it's one of those things, though, where would it be the same? I think this. I mean, I yes how- and no. I, I feel like it would do well for itself right now. I think at this point in time, starting lineups for this nostalgic thing that if you go through and like, I think enough time has passed where if you go and release a Tom Brady starting lineup, the looking the way it kind of did back in the day, I think people would eat that up. At least I know I would. If I had a Philip Rivers starting lineup figure, I mean, I know it's it's me talking, and I love nostalgia, but um, but I mean that would be, be something I'd be interested in. I think it would go do well for itself. Like nostalgia's in right now, so I I don't know. I think what's what's old is new right now at this point in time, and I think those would do like starting lineups would do very very well if they brought them back the way that they used to. Maybe if uh, oh, the, my other thing was that they're over its time starting lineups made half of a billion dollars in revenue years so it did pretty good but uh maybe if they did it like how mattel did the he-man origins where it's a little bit more posable and a little bit more playable than what the original he-man was where it was like what was it five or six points of articulation on the on the original he-man but then these origin ones i think you could do it but is this legacy one big enough to pull it off and take the hit Mm -hmm. if it doesn't if it doesn't go good like hasbro it's like eh, whatever if hasbro still owned it i still think i just I, i really think it would do i mean I, I see a lot of toys out there now that are recreations of old, like redos of older ones. Um, I grew up in the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers head flip action figure era. They re-released those not too long ago, and they did pretty well for themselves. They, they, um, the the box was more detailed and and, and that sort of thing. But I, I just feel like there's there's a market out there for starting lineup action figures again. Does Hasbro still on the rights? Oh, legacy they, one. Also. Legacy one's got it all. So yeah, that's why they only do certain stadium releases of certain players. Like I said, Jameis Winston, and then you know you can only get like a like a giveaway. Right. You go to the stadium. Here's your Jameis Winston starting lineup. Here's your. I'm surprised nobody in Buffalo has or talked about. Oh well, I'm pretty sure they've burned the Jack Eichel ones. But yeah, it's it's. Would they be able to pull it off the exact same way? And 
it just it might be one of those things that had its time like like a he-man like a ninja turtles it, it it'll come it, even if it comes back would it be as big as what it was before probably not it would probably be just a, a short-lived thing maybe i guess i don't know it's hard it's hard to imagine you're kind of persuading me now because a lot of those like things that people clamor for to come back they it it comes back and it's like the talk of the town for briefly and then it's just just out of fashion again so i don't know it's just one of those weird things. I'd like to see him do more stadium releases. I might actually go to a game if I could get a <laughs> if I could get a starting lineup with the price of my uh, ticket there. But that'd be cool. I'd rather have that than a bobblehead. I yeah, bobbleheads are so so they're over with. I think yeah. the Funkos and everything else have replaced the bobblehead. But they, I do. I do remiss. I do miss the whole starting lineup thing. I just don't know. Adults would be attracted to it, but also you got to get the kids involved in it as well. And how do you do that? Well, actually, I think when you, if you bring up the kids point, I think that's even, I know they're not posable and stuff, but man, uh, compared to a McFarlane, I'd rather buy my kid a, a starting lineup than a McFarlane. If they want football toy things, I'd rather do that, but that's just me. And the internet ruined one, something once again. <laughs> they ruin everything. I know, I know. But um, but all right. Is there anything else you got uh, for notes or anything? Nope, that is all. I was gonna say I thought we did a pretty good job of scouring the uh, the interwebs for info for this. But uh, so that is that for this one. Next week we're gonna talk. Oh, we're gonna me and Andrew got to do some digging. We're going to talk about the vintage Hutch jerseys um, that and a lot of people grew up with. A lot of, uh, you know, our parents, you know, just adults, uh, grew up with where you could buy these jerseys. You get a plastic helmet that comes with it, like full pads, everything, um, which is really, really cool. So we're going to we're going to do some research on it and we're going to present it to you. All right. It's a cool thing that you really don't see much anymore in the uh, in the world of football merchandise. So. That is it, everybody. Thank you so much. And on behalf of Andrew and I, till next time, the two-point conversation is good.